Okay, I think we're ready to go, Pete. I think we're ready to go, Pete. Hmm? What? We're ready to start. Oh, sorry. Did you say something to me a minute ago? Y yes, I did. Oh, my hearing aids, I put them in for repair a few weeks ago. I haven't heard anything since. Uh, well, welcome everybody to uh, season three, episode six of the Constant Geekery podcast. And rudely, halfway through a season, we've changed set. We have. I know we did the live live show last week, but that was on the main channel. But we have just changed set halfway through a season. We have. And for those who, who listen to the audio of the podcast, and I know there are many hundreds of you each week that tune in. Uh, thank you, by the way. Uh, and if you do want to see our new studio, why not uh, log on? Yeah. To youtube.com forward slash the constant geekery podcast excellent you know how when you choose a url and you think that's going to be good and then later on after you've said it a hundred times you realize you maybe should have gone with something a bit shorter and snappier well it's there now isn't it mm. that boat has sailed it has but um yeah it's i can reassure you although we've changed set it's not like when you watch a, a television series and they retool it halfway through a season we're not going to jump the shark or anything like that no so it's all good, good. Okay, and we're for the first time we're going to try and do this without headphones on. So, Pete, you, you need to be careful that we don't suddenly get really close to the microphone and, and then start really far away. It. Yeah, I, well, I, I don't move around very much when I'm doing this podcast. Well, so. Some people may like the ASMR. Is that what it's called, Erin? Yeah. yeah, but um, I personally find the sound of saliva rolling around someone's mouth pretty unpleasant. <laughs> but that's just me. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully not a winner for anyone out mm. there, really. Anyway, uh, if you've just tuned in and you've you've clicked on from the thumbnail and you're thinking, what's going on here? I want to talk about Mac Studio or hear about Mac Studio and Mac Pro. Well, that's our main topic for the week. Our usual uh, plan of action is to do a little bit of news, then we do the main topic, and then we round up a few rumours. Um, so we'll put some chapter headings in if you of the disposition where you just need to skip forward. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I do plan to do on the main channel, and it may even be up at the same time the podcast is up, actually, because I'm... You're we're going to record and try and get it up tomorrow, but uh, mm. a bit of a sort of thoughts thoughts about the Mac Pro and what might be in store. Are we going to make it really clickbaity? Like, got um, an idea? Five things that you need to know about the new Mac Pro and why why it will disappoint you, and then have a picture of Aaron's face on the thumbnail. Brilliant! That that that'll be fantastic. Anyway, we're going to talk about much the same stuff here today and I'll probably use that to to lead my script for tomorrow. So So what you're saying is I'm writing your script for you or helping at least. Yeah, helping. Or let's go maybe. Let's go with helping. Okay. Okay. Uh, a bit of news, Pete? Yeah, it's a bit bit thin thin pickings this week because of course because we had the Apple event last week, everything's kind of either been flushed through as either news or rumors. So mm. the padding this week is a bit short, but we do have some news for you. Um, unfortunately, it sounds like Shenzhen, which is a, a city in China, has gone into lockdown again. And that's where Foxconn and oh. a number of other Apple suppliers are based. Uh, so that is going to hit Apple deliveries and production quite hard, mm -hmm. potentially. And probably not just them, because obviously Foxconn makes stuff for other people as well. And I suspect a, a city like Shenzhen, I need to make sure I get that right, Shenzhen, is um, an industrial base for lots of chip and technology manufacture. So um, that's been locked down because of another COVID outbreak, so not a winner. 
Yeah. So, uh, well, the lead times are already a bit silly, aren't Supply they? Supply chain's just getting hit yeah. all over the place, isn't it? So, Very difficult. Um, um, I'm sorry. That's great. I love wearing an Apple Watch. It's just all it said is, I'm sorry. So uh, thanks for that Apple Watch. Brilliant. I haven't even got the Hey Siri thing turned on. Maybe it's just apologising on behalf of the listeners. Mm. Honestly, the one time I wear Apple Watch. Yeah, so supply chain shortages are hitting a lot of technology, but not all technology. No. No, epilators are available, despite global supply chain shortages in other areas. And these can be used to get rid of unwanted arm and leg hair. Can they? They can That's indeed, incredibly but they useful. do struggle to remove the underlying masculinity of someone's arms. <laughs> so uh, this was quite a shocking revelation this week. Uh, we published Erin's uh, headphone review video, uh, only to discover, to, uh, to our surprise, that she has very manly arms. Almost Sasquatch-like. Yeah. Yeah. I d- you'd almost believe they were mine, because they're that hairy, but... Um, yeah, they're more masculine, though. They, they were yeah. more, more masculine. I... I found it quite quite uh, sort of shocking, but at the same time, um, I came over all poetic. And Did you? Yes, I, I have composed, just for you, Erin, and limerick. <laughs> would you like to hear my limerick? I, I, I would like to. Okay. I would like to. There was a young lady named Erin whose fashion sense was really quite daring. But the thing I found scary is that her arms are so hairy and my sleep has been mainly nightmaring. <laughs> That is brilliant. Oh, that is superb. Um, it is a good headphone review, it has to be said. Um, I almost, I'm tempted to get a pair, actually, even though Aaron was the one that reviewed them. Um, and I do wonder whether we should start calling you Eric, because of your hairy arms, you know. So, uh, anyway. Um, I, I will say, actually, for that video, I was very proud, in all seriousness, this is this. I'll just, let's just, she's now set up for another insult. She, I'm not. I'm not going to insult you this time, Eric. In, in all seriousness, um, Tom did a lot of the testing for the headphones, obviously with my supervision, and he did the initial write of the script. So Tom, uh, who will be editing the podcast tomorrow, will hear this glowing praise. Did a good job. He actually features in the video briefly. He does, and uh, looking very cold. <laughs> he was very cold, poor chap. And uh, Erin presented it, and I think that's only the second video you've done on your own, isn't it, Erin? And you did a good job. And I'm just proud of Erin and Tom. They've, they've grown immensely as people in the last few yeah. years. I put that down to um, my expert guidance. Yeah, and your supervision. Mm. And my immaculate feminine arms. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so uh, next time you need to do an unboxing, Erin, um, maybe get one of us to do it. We don't want to put the listeners off, no. viewers off. But it's well, well worth watching if you haven't seen that. It's on the main channel, which is youtube.com forward slash constant geekery. Give Erin some support. She Actually, did a good we, job. She would like that. She mm. would like that. Um, another piece of news. People like the new iPhone SE 3. And I say people, do they though? reviewers. Yeah, they, they're saying it's really good performance. But lots of people have slated it because of the dated design. Aging looks is mm. the exact quote. But Mainly but, Android fanboys, I think. And also, it's one of those things, if you look at, the iPhone design lineage, it kind of does go in cycles. It goes mm. round and it goes square and then goes round again. But yeah, so good performance, disappointing old looks. So we're now renaming it the iPhone Pete. <laughs> That's good. Erin um, might not be happy about that because I understand you're planning to get the iPhone Pete. Yeah. Are you, which sure? colour are you getting? Um, the white one. Oh, so Starlight. 
Yeah. <laughs> there's not actually, there's only a choice of three, isn't there? Yeah. Starlight. Midnight. Midnight. Oh, and Product Red. Yeah. You don't fancy another Product Red like your iPhone 8 there? It doesn't go in my cow print phone case. I'd hope that the iPhone might last longer than the cow print phone case. But yeah, that looks Frisian. Oh, you have you went it. there, didn't you? I did. That was I utterly did. pathetic. <laughs> it did. Well done. Stop milking I like, it. Yeah. Oh, you beat me to it. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Let, let's, Should we move on to our main Let's topic? move on. Uh, <laughs> Excellent. Have we got any time for this ball? Uh, are there any more? Can we, can we keep them coming? O off the hoof? No. no. Um, do cows have hooves? Yeah, they do. Okay. That's what their feet are attached to. <laughs> their legs. I don't know what I was imagining. <laughs> Shoes? <laughs> toes or something. <laughs> Maybe. That's a classic. Do cows have hooves? Maybe like Erin's boots. <laughs> Should have a cow with Erin's boots. That's amazing. David is great at technology, but not so great at cows. Bovinity. No. Excellent. I totally lost my, my place in um, everything we're doing here. iPhone topic. SE. Oh, no, no. I just wanted to say if Erin if, uh, does manage to acquire her iPhone SE, then she's got to do a review on the channel. Uh, but that's after you've done the review of the amazing Android phone that I gave you the other week. Yeah. So make sure you get onto that, please. Because yeah, I know the, the viewers are desperate to see that one. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's almost half as powerful as a, a new um, Mac studio display Excellent. speaking of displays erin do you want to go and get the exciting thing that you filmed today okay. and i just uh, for the this is harsh though isn't it for those who who just listen to the podcast um, oh. audio only because they won't be able to see it unless you log into youtube and why wouldn't you do that and maybe hit the subscribe button yeah that that would be a good thing to and, do and perhaps this, is, this is the most freestyle podcast we've ever done because you've just gone and got something from another room and you're <laughs> shutting the doors and we should have a like creaking hinge effect tom when erin goes out and everything what is that I'm just going to tease this on the podcast. So for those on, on audio only, I'm holding up... Uh, a baby a, studio display. That's what it looks like. Ah, what could that possibly be? Video coming soon. I'm just going to put it there out yeah. of sight so Pete can lust after it. I, I, I know someone that if, if you gave that to them because of their size, they'd think it's a real studio display. <laughs> so. That someone might be listening, so let's be careful. <laughs> um, so main topic then, Pete. We've uh, got... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, should we talk about that? Yeah, so what we wanted to do is maybe just have a chat about Mac Studio. Now that we've had a, a week to uh, gestate and cogitate, cogitate, ruminate upon the, the things that occurred at the Peak Performance event and uh, maybe just have a little conversation around that freestyle, as you say. Yeah, uh, Don't I have like loads that. of notes on this. We're just going to shoot the breeze about the Mac Studio. Um, but one thing we do want to do is talk about what it tells us about the coming Mac Pro. And there's lots of different ideas about what the Mac Pro might be. We've got some ideas. Doesn't mean we're right, but we've got some ideas and we'll share them anyway. Yeah, because um, everyone else seems to, but they claim it as fact, whereas we're mm, just going to shoot the breeze. Yeah, we should do that. Um, have we found a need for a Mac Studio yet, please? Yeah, because this is what, when we were in the, the post-wash-up live stream last week, that was the biggest thing that we struggled with, wasn't it? Is who is it for? What is it for? Because during the watching the event, when they were announcing the Mac Studio, I thought, right, well, this there is no Mac Pro anymore. This Mac Studio is the new Pro lineup, even though it obviously has quite 
significant limitations over what the Pro is now. Uh, but then that was blown out of the water at the end when they said the, the last thing in the Apple Silicon transition was Mac Pro. So it, it feels like we've got this, this level of Apple Mac that sits between what we've traditionally called prosumer models and enthusiast models like the MacBook Pro, like the more beefy iMacs, which obviously there isn't a beefier 27-inch iMac anymore, and the Mac Pro. And I'm still, I'm still struggling with that. But I, I think it, it fits an, an obvious gap, and Apple has made it obvious by discontinuing the 27-inch iMac. So, just I mean, we, we said this on the live stream, but I know not everybody who's listening to the podcast will have listened to the live stream. So yeah, we, thanks we might for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> we might re we might repeat a couple of things. In fairness, Pete, YouTube just doesn't tell people about stuff. Yeah, it, it has no hesitation YouTube. in recommending shorts of you know cats and people dancing. There seems to be lots of people dancing all the time. It depends on what you've watched before, because I'm getting a lot of jokes by a particular comedian at the moment who is quite funny, but very dry. I can't even remember his name. But I don't have any interest in watching people dancing on YouTube. No. And yet that's what I seem to get recommended. Wow. Someone someone has hijacked my YouTube account and is, is manipulating it. <laughs> oh, do you imagine, imagine the fun you could have with that? I, I do occasionally log into... I'm, I can say this because she never listens to the podcast, but I occasionally log into my wife's YouTube account and just queue up a whole load of videos that I know she won't be interested in just to, <laughs> just to ever, make the algorithm. Do you ever watch videos that you think you could hit? Just dropping hints about things like effective vacuum cleaning or something. <laughs> I hadn't thought of doing that. Um <laughs> And I probably won't because I value my life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not suggesting for a minute your lovely wife isn't effective at vacuum cleaning, or indeed that that is her primary role in life. It might be yours. It might be. Who knows? In fact, there might be a video on that coming soon. Indeed there might. Indeed there might. Um, I've lost where I am again now. Mac um, Studio. We were talking about the live stream, and we were talking about things that we might repeat. Right. Okay. So... Uh, the iMac 27 has been discontinued, and this particular machine fits very neatly into that gap. Take the entry-level Mac Studio. Yeah. You get an M1 Max. Yeah. You're getting 32 gigs of RAM. Yeah. Getting a 24-core GPU. Yeah. And that's two grand in the UK. Yeah. Shall I tell you what you're not getting? A keyboard and mouse. Yeah. A screen. A lovely 5K screen. So add in a lovely 5K screen. Yeah. Buy the Mac Studio screen as well the studio display that's another 1500 and you're going to have to get the keyboard and mouse which yeah. is another 300 so you're up to 3800 now bear in mind that prices of inflation and other things i i think we paid that for the i'm pointing that's not helpful to anybody who's listening or to or viewers watching, watching for that matter i could be it's over there but over on erin's desk which is roughly in the direction i'm pointing and erin perhaps you could point as well there, look there we go everyone knows now uh, on that desk is an i9 iMac. Yes, and um, it's very powerful. It is very powerful. It's come out top in a lot of rendering tests we've done. Until the M1 Max came out. Well, yeah. But the M1 Max offers a little bit more performance than that. And we we paid, I'm pretty sure it was three and a half to £4,000 for that Mac when was we it bought really? it. really? Yeah, it was expensive. Okay. So I think the Mac Studio comes into that position. Now, sure, you can say... There were cheaper versions of the 27-inch iMac. In fact, it used to start well, at £1,600, I believe, yeah. or thereabouts. So, but they were really rubbish spec. All yeah. you were getting really was a display and a pretty 
you know, lackluster computer to go with it. But instead, now you've got the iMac 24 inch, which has a 4.5K display and can be specced up with the M1, which would easily outperform those entry level 27 inch iMacs. Yeah, that's so true. I would argue that there is space in the lineup still. Yes, okay, it, Mac Studio doesn't completely replace the 27 inch iMac, but it certainly is in that position as a, a powerful desktop Mac computer. And I'll give you that. It it just it feels jarring's probably not the right word, but the twenty seven inch iMac has become such a staple of Apple's lineup that I feel like I don't know something's missing. And uh, well, maybe uh, maybe they'll bring out a new one. I mean, some people are saying there will be a new iMac Pro. I don't uh, personally agree with that. But other people are saying they won't. There will be no larger iMac. That's well, it. Well, the, if you recall, when the iMac Pro was released, it was a stopgap because uh, the trash can hadn't been updated. Apple had designed themselves into a corner, so they weren't going to update the trash can Mac Pro. There was new Mac, no news of a new Mac Pro, and eventually Apple kind of relented and did this stopgap, which is the iMac Pro. Which but was a good machine, but was very a good expensive. Machine. Yeah. And there's no need for it now because they, they brought out the Mac Pro. So I, I don't think there's going to be a specific iMac Pro. I could be completely wrong on that, but I don't... I don't think there will be. 27-inch iMac, I suspect it will come in time. At the moment, all of these supply chain constraints and the fact that Apple is reusing uh, product SKUs all the time. So you think about the new studio display. They put the A13 Bionic in it. Well, that's because not because it needs an A13 Bionic to do what it does. I mean, so it could be a whole computer. The A13 Bionic could run macOS. You know, on that studio display, but it's never going to. So it's never going to use the potential of that chip. So why have Apple put it in there? Why didn't they design a new chip? Pragmatism in the supply chain. Yeah. Which does you know, give you give us a little sort of sidetrack to go down for a minute, which is how much do you think of the Apple transition has changed from what it was originally envisaged to be because of the supply chain issues? I think it's definitely, definitely changed. Yeah. yeah. Could, could the studio of display been intended to be more than it is um i don't think that i just think they're making use of what they've got available and what what's already in production and i think that's why we're seeing the m1 in the ipad air now as well uh it's just convenient it's cheaper it's cheaper just to put in a chip that the system can't fully utilize rather than design something new and put it into fabrication in a time where you know, that there's a lot of pressure on these production facilities. And it's common, common across a lot of industries, as I've said before. You know, cars often come shipped now with the hardware to do things that you haven't specced in the options. I was waiting for you to bring up cars. Well, um, I tend yeah, to bring got, it up. We got well into the, uh, into the podcast before you did. Look, there are people who consistently say, I like the car analogies. Okay. So I, I had an Audi TT. I didn't have it specced with satellite navigation but it had everything in there and it was just a software switch to turn it on. But I, had to, I would have to have paid, I think it was something like £3,000 for the privilege. Uh, and it's the same principle. You've got, this, you've got hardware that essentially you can't make use of, but it's, it's a pragmatic decision. It's easier mm. to put sat-nav in every car and M1s in every iPad Air and iPad Pro rather than have different production lines and different fabrications. Well, the VW Group does it with their engines. In fact, so do Volvo. You get the same engine. Like Volvo, you get the D2, the D3, the D4. They're all the same engine with a different ECU turning up the power. Yeah. Um, so it's 
it's economies of scale and it makes life easier. So I think that's that's what Apple is doing with that. Um, just thinking about the the Mac Studio specifically, I mean, we we don't think we've got a need for one here. That doesn't mean that we'll never get one, but we're not going to rush out and get one for review. I don't think because uh, even if even if we did, it probably wouldn't arrive until you know April. Uh, well, there's a sneaky twenty twenty three sneaky trick there, but uh, I'll talk about that in a moment. Um, it, one of the big issues that we have here is that we're dealing with now with most of our staff working at least part of their time remotely. Yeah. So having desktop machines is not really that useful for us as a business. So other than the editing rig that we've got here, what other machine, we don't really have other desktop machines. We all, all use laptops. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, Erin so, Erin lives here because she's a deep fake. Hmm. So, you know, she's the only one that needs a permanent machine. Yeah. So, um, and we're not going to rush out and, you know, buy something that we don't actually need. We tend to review stuff that we buy anyway for the business. That's, yeah. that's how we do it. We're not, we're not the typical YouTube review channels where we'll get stuff and then return it. Um, lots of people have different ideas about, you know, whether that's right or wrong. Um, and I'll leave, leave that up to you to decide. We don't personally feel comfortable with it. No. But, um, you know, each to their own. Yes. Um, talking about availability... Yes. Now, you said there was a trick. Well, there are companies who will buy some of the standard spec versions of these machines before uh, they get released so that they can sell them on release day. How do they buy them before they're released? Because they're Apple resellers. Oh, okay. So you often find that the Amazon, Apple Store and Amazon suddenly on the day will be offering those machines. So that's worth checking. Okay. Okay. I can tell you that appliances online in the UK, AO.com, currently have some Mac Studio, the M1 appliances Mac Appliances online sell washing machines. Are they, are they, well, are they, they also computers? sell Mac Studio, so you can wow. order one today and have it delivered this Friday. Really? Mm-hmm. There you go. There's a top tip if you're in the uh, mm-hmm. UK. But they don't have any of the M1 Ultras left. So I, I think that there were fewer M1 Ultras available, which makes a lot of sense because I would have thought the the yield rate on producing a chip like the M1 Ultra is probably a bit lower than... Yeah, makes sense. So um, the design of the Mac Studio, what does that tell us about the Mac Mini? Well, I think it gives us a hint, and I have seen rumours corroborating this, um, that the Mac Mini isn't going to get redesigned yet. Mm. I think that makes a lot of sense because they're exactly the same footprint. I mean, it just looks like somebody's grabbed hold of the Mac Mini and stretched it upwards, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it looks like a Friday afternoon CGI job, (laughs) doesn't it? A 3D modelling job. We need some more space in this. How can we do it? Can I go home now? (laughs) (laughs) I do. I've seen a couple of renders where, you know, it's got the two USB or two Type-C ports on the front and the card slot. (laughs) Someone's done a render where they've repositioned them so it looks like a face. Oh, that would have been... I feel like Apple missed an opportunity yeah, there. absolutely. But it does make a lot of practical sense to keep the Mac Mini design, doesn't it? And we've said this before because mm. it's used in server uh, configurations a lot. Does does it mean, though, that the Mac Pro will end up just being the, the Mac <laughs> Studio <laughs> stretched up a bit? Do you know what? I don't think that would be a disaster if it was. Uh, I mean... It, that's reminiscent of it. Was it the G4 Cube? That was kind yeah. of like that, but with sort of a, a perspex. Yeah, a few coating. people have been saying that, and also the, the trash can, both of which were thermal nightmares. 
I think that G4 cube was particularly prone to overheating, wasn't it? Right. Um, but is that negated to a degree by the M1's architecture, I even th- if you're bunging a lot more stuff in it? I think by the time you've stuck M1 Ultras in there, it, it is. It, I mean, it has got a big cooling system. And, and some people are reporting, actually, that the M1 Max version is topping out at about 75 watts, which doesn't need that enormous cooling system. So I do wonder whether it will be like on the iMac. The 24-inch iMac, the, the base model only has one fan, doesn't it? I right. think you get a better cooling system with the, the more expensive one. And I wonder whether it'll be the same story with the Mac Studio. Oh, Erin looks so bored over there. It's what's, just... What's going on in Erin's world at the moment? She's she's probably off in her happy place, which is full of boots it, and things from ASOS. You carry on. Do your online shopping, whatever. It's, um, it's nine, cat. That's all that's going on in her head. The 10-hour version. Yes, that is Erin's subconscious. Um, Do we think we're going to see another Mac Mini? Because the Intel one is still on sale. Yeah. And I wonder if there's going to... Maybe they'll just drop it quietly or at dub-dub. Oh, don't. Please. No, dub-dub is not a thing. I know Apple are trying really hard to make... let's not pander to it then. Please not do it. WWDC. Thank you. Uh, I wonder if we might see a Mac Mini with the M1 Pro in it. I think that could be be a likelihood. Hmm. Um, I do wonder if they're keeping the Intel for pragmatic reasons, though. Um, Having... You know, we, we talked on the live stream. We ha- we have a, a few subscribers who are into things like machine learning, hmm. uh, and they they use the Intel architecture. Not saying they're using a Mac Mini for that, um, but I wonder if there is a particular niche of of uh, user that Apple know about that for now need that Intel option. Maybe it's being held as kind of almost a a legacy option for them for now. Yeah. I don't know. I'm Could speculating. Be. Could be. I mean, the, the Mini would certainly take an M1 Pro, and if they haven't put the M1 Pro in the Mac Studio, it kind of makes sense that the Mini might get it. Yeah. Um, Are you thinking that would then replace the Intel? Yes. So you'd have the, the standard M1 and then the M1 Pro for those who want a bit more GPU horsepower, for example. Yeah. But, of course, the Apple is focusing this machine on creative professionals, particularly video editing, and the, the M1 Max obviously doubles the encoders, and so it becomes a much more powerful option for video editors yeah so it does make you wonder what the m1 pro and the mac mini chassis would be for but that just someone who wants a bit more a bit more a bit more juice like our pal dave i cave dave he wants he wanted a more powerful mac mini didn't he yeah perhaps nice. perhaps he's getting a mac studio i don't know let us know dave if you're watching mm. um studio display this has been criticized a bit yeah i mean it is pricey it is but I must admit, I liked it. I, I'd, I'd secretly like one. I'm not getting one because I can't afford that and I can't justify it. Um, but I did secretly want one. It, it's nice from the perspective that it, it gives you that complete, you know, the one cable solution, the thing that Mac have always done really well. And, of course, we had Thunderbolt displays back in the day. We did. In fact, and, they're still in, the, still in the building. Yeah, so we still use them. So they, they And that's got to be... They're 10 years old. 10 years, yeah. must be. And I had a cinema display before that, and those things were never cheap, actually. No. Although not as much as 1,500 UK pounds. I mean, that is a lot of money for a display. Particularly, it's not just a display, is it? It's a a dongle hub, and it's the world's biggest iPad. That you can't actually use as an iPad. So that that doesn't... It's never going to be, though, is it? Because it doesn't have a touchscreen, Pete. What are you saying? (laughs) Eh? Well, how do we know? 
because it doesn't. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's you're getting good quality for your money. I mean, the speakers, we know the speakers are going to be absolutely phenomenal. The camera is going to be brilliant. Having center stage. That's useful. That is useful. Although we've got a review of an interesting product coming to the channel that provides an alternative to that. Have you? Mm. Interesting. Um, and, you know, having that all-in-one solution, you just come in, you plug in one cable into your laptop. I do like that. It is nice. And I was talking to someone over the weekend about it, and they said they've been looking for a really good 5K display for a long time, and you just can't get one. No. So, you know, if you've got the money to splurge out on one, I don't think you'd be disappointed. I mean, there are a few obvious miss things missing from it, aren't there? Yeah, so it's been criticised for, for the fact it's a 60 hertz panel. So there's no promotion. Um, I don't know that that's a problem. Is that a problem, Pete? Well, I don't think so. I mean, these obviously have promotion, don't they? Yeah. Um, but it only ha it only kicks in when you're when you need it, mm. and it's the same on the the iPhone Pro. It only kicks in when you need it because a lot of the time you don't. And what's the biggest application for promotion? I don't know. You tell me. Well, I'm guessing that it's it's watching video content or games. So I don't think a lot of video content is being played at higher than 60 frames per second, though. Right. So, so it's must games. Be games. And are you going to get a panel like the studio display for games? No. Probably not. And this, is a, this is just a something I think we need to touch on because a lot of... A lot of consumers out there, and I think YouTube tech is, has got a lot to blame for this. You know, a product comes in and it's all about the specs and numbers. And this is the way that a PC world operated. So a chain of stores in the UK and, you know, you'd walk around the store and it was always the higher number. And that's, the higher number is better. And manufacturers, they, they go down this road and that's not the case. You know, there's, it's always more to it than that. And um, I think consumers just latch onto this. It's like, okay, well, I've got a gaming display that does 120 hertz, so therefore I must, I must have mm. my, you know, an expensive monitor must be 120 hertz. Why? Why does it need to be? If you don't need more than 60 hertz, it doesn't. It, it's a bit like cars, isn't it? Do don't, you think it's let's about not cars? do another car analogy. <laughs> let's not. <laughs> but it is. It, you're right. It is all about the numbers, and often it's about. It's not about the numbers. It's about what you're using it for and what experience does it give you. And I bet you most people wouldn't be able to tell the difference. No, in a, in a lot of cases. And bear in mind the, the target market for this is creatives, not gamers. So you've got to think about the, the target market. I've never sat in front of my monitor and got a 4K display at home. That's 60 hertz. I don't know what the display is here, but it's, it's 60 hertz. I've never sat in front of it and gone, Core, you know, I wish the refresh rate was a bit higher on my 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 main display it, it's not as important as people make out uh, and it's the same same thing is going to happen because i'm sure that consumers are going out and buying the mac studio and i don't think it's really designed as a consumer machine but that nonetheless people will do it because they want the highest numbers mm. they see the youtube they see the geekbench scores and and they want that and they get the computer and they'll run the geekbench score and after that what do they then do with it Watch YouTube and send emails and do a bit of Facebook, Twitter. I wonder what all these YouTubers are doing with their with their tech because when do they find time to actually ever push this stuff to the limits? And well, and a lot of cases. And I just want to say this about you know the 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 buy it return it thing. 
Now, it only gives you 30 days to, to do your review and test. That's not a long-term test. And yet, the, they're then giving out buying advice. And there's this race to get your video up first so that you can get the clicks, get the revenue. So you're rushing everything. And this is why when M1 came out, there was a lot of bad advice going around. Yeah. And I think consumers need to just kind of detach from this a little bit. It's not all about the specs. It's about the overall package and whether it accomplishes the end goal. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And when you look at the absence of ProMotion and HDR on this display, well, if they had those things, what would happen to sales of the XDR, the Pro XDR? Well, quite. You know, and I'm not for a moment suggesting that someone who maybe can afford a studio display would go, do you know what, I'm going to have to upgrade to the Pro XDR because I haven't got ProMotion and HDR. If you know you need those things for your workflow, then you're going to go for a Pro XDR anyway. And that's a very specialist piece of equipment. But if Apple came along and slapped ProMotion and HDR on this, then there's no upgrade path. And so commercially, it doesn't make sense as well. I'm not saying the price is right, but I bet you I bet you they'll sell them in, in their droves anyway because people will want a gorgeous-looking display. And why wouldn't you? Yeah, I'm if sure. If you can afford it. If you can afford it. Um, which brings us then on to that kind of the, the question that we wanted to, to ask, which is who is the Mac Studio for? And I, I mean, Apple has already answered this question, creative professionals. Yeah. So, and they even were quite explicit about defining what that, what that looks like, you know, photographers, videographers. Um, 3D modelers. Yeah. And developers. Uh, and audio as well. And audio, yes. Yeah, so people who typically need one or more of the, the features that these system on chips provide you know, great CPU performance or the, the GPU and the optimizations, those kind of things. For a consumer, for a home machine, the, the only real reason I can see for your average home user going and getting one of these, and let me just put the usual caveat on of if it's what you want to spend your money on, go for it. Uh, it's your money, do what you want with it. Um, but the average consumer who might think, well, I, I just want a really fast desktop computer for my home, well, an M1 Mac Mini then, yeah, will do all of the jobs that the typical consumer wants to do, and will be really rapid. Um, yes, you get much better graphics performance with the Mac Studio. Even the M1 Max is going to give you a lot more graphics performance, and you can play some games. But if that's your focus, um, you get much better value for your money from a PC. Yeah, why are you getting an Apple? device in the first place doesn't and if you if you want people to think you've got a mac studio a lot of the uninitiated could get what you could get one of those hubs that you reviewed on the main channel a while back stick that under your mac mini and most people would know the difference what was that called totally possible there was a couple i did yeah, yeah. um yeah I'm, not, I'm, I'm by no means am i saying consumers must not buy this machine I'm not saying that at all what i'm saying is don't be fooled into thinking you need it when you don't uh, just because the youtubers are all rushing out to get to get these things. Well, they've got other reasons uh, for, for going and buying these computers. I, I can guarantee you it's not because they, they desperately need it to make their workflow more effective. No, that's never... I mean, let, let's be fair. How, how much of, have all the Apple Silicon releases in the last, is it two years, 18 months? How much difference have they made to our actual ability to output content? Well, they, they haven't, if we're, if we're honest. You know, so, yeah, they, they make life a bit quicker and a bit easier. But And, and they are game changers in, in terms of what they deliver for, 
from a processing point of view. But this notion that, that somehow you're going to, you know, it's going to be transformative to your life. That may be true for a few people, but for most people, it's just a, it's an improvement. It depends what you're using it for, as we say all mm. along. We have got a friend who's a, a video producer, mm. and he's gone from a, a, a 5.1 Mac Pro to something very similar to mine, so um, an M1 M1 Max with 64 gig of RAM, and for him, it is transformative. It would be because I mean, he's made such a huge jump. It is, it is a massive jump, but you know, when we did the big video test, yes. Uh, these computers were doing better than the iMac we mentioned earlier, but it wasn't that far behind. No. And, and yes, yeah, sure, it runs hotter and all the rest of it, all these other arguments. But for the average YouTuber who's making YouTube content, one or two, three videos a week or whatever, um, does a, an extra minute or two on your render time really make that much difference? Uh, so all, all I think we're saying is that the, the target market isn't particularly consumers. I suspect consumers will buy it because they'll be led by the recommendations of tech YouTube, which isn't always realistic in what it recommends. Um, but if you, we were going to go for a Mac Studio, Pete, there's four specs to choose from. You've basically got the two versions of the M1 Max, and the, the difference is 24 or 32 GPU cores. Yeah. Or we can go for the Ultra, and it's 48 or 64 GPU cores. Yeah. And it is a massive cost upgrade, isn't it? So I Huge. think it's... Is it two hundred pounds to go from the twenty-four to the thirty-two? But it's a thousand pounds to go from forty-eight to sixty-four. Well, let me so, let me spec that up while you you yak on for a moment. <laughs> well, so um, I'm I'm sure I'm correct in that because I I recall it from when we did it the other day. But um, we we did find out something interesting that there wasn't a huge difference between the twenty-four and the thirty-two GPUs, was there? It depends what you're doing. So we did a test with Blackmagic RAW. Now bear in mind that. There are aren't specific optimizations within the M1 chips for Blackmagic's video codecs, uh, but what we were doing was converting Blackmagic RAW into H.264. So it was using a combination of GPU and the encoders. And what we found was, you've got here the 32 core GPU with 64 gigs of RAM. Yes, I've got the 24 core GPU with 32 gigs of RAM. Slumming it, there was no difference. Yeah, between but mine's the two. better. But yours is better because it's got higher numbers. Yes, yes. and that is the point. That's that is the whole point. Yeah, uh, You're absolutely right. It's a £1,000 more to go to the 64-core GPU yeah. M1 Ultra. So it does feel to me that, that that is kind of the sweet spot, and that is the four grand option is you get in the 48-core GPU uh, with 32-core neural engine, 20-core CPU. So that's probably the sweet spot. If you want to go for an Ultra, save yourself a grand. Do you, is it worth a grand to have an extra 12 GPU cores. Is that how many it is? No, no 16, 16. An extra 16. That is quite a lot of GPU, actually. That's now I've said that. Yeah, it's, it's, more, it's more than 12. Well, it's, I'll tell you what it is. It's a whole M1 Pro's GPU in addition. Yeah. So maybe it is worth 1,000. But either way, that, I think, actually, for these computers, why wouldn't you go for the, for the M1 Max? Uh, it, yeah, it is. It is. Does seem like good value. I mean, you can go for for just a two hundred pound upgrade. So two, we're obviously in UK pounds for today, but I think it's straight into dollars. Two thousand two hundred pounds will give you the M1 Max with a ten core CPU and the thirty two core GPU and sixteen core neural engine. I mean, that's that's pretty good. And you're getting thirty two gigs of RAM, which is enough for most workflows. 
uh, only 512 storage, but you can knock it up to a terabyte for another 200. So we're saying for 2,400, you can get yourself into a very fast desktop computer pretty, in the Mac Studio. Pretty good machine. Mm. Uh, and to quote Bill Gates, no one ever needs more than 32 gigabytes of uh, unified memory. I think that's what he said. <laughs> Something like, like that. that. So let's move on to now what we expect from Mac Pro based on everything that we've seen. Now, you look around, again, YouTube, you've got predictions flying all over the place with this. And, you know, some leaks, some rumours, some things based in fact, some is pure guesswork. Um, I think the way that I'm looking at it is what do the facts tell us? So, first of all, we know um, that Erin is about to fall asleep. Poor Erin. Look at that. Goodness me, that face. That... How does it feel being being whatever it is that you do on a tech channel? I'm not even sure what... what how, we should give Erin a title apart from hairy-armed assistant. Um, what should... It's as someone said in the in the live show, isn't it? She's just here to make us look good. <laughs> yeah. Well done. Well done. That's, that's a special kind of incompetence to do that. Um, so are we expect... Let, staying on topic now that we've just crushed that girl's dreams again. Um, are we expecting M2 for the Mac Pro? No, I don't think so. I, look, it, the Mac Pro isn't going to have the standard chip in, is it? It's going to have the Max or the Ultra. It's going to be the top end. Well, it certainly isn't going to be an M1. No. So why would it be an M2? I mean, the, the expectation is that M2 will replace M1 and then eventually we'll get M2 Pro, M2 Max, M2 Ultra, maybe. I mean, it'd be pretty confusing if Apple decide to go down a completely different route. But if they keep their naming convention that way, then... How would you do it commercially? Well, wouldn't you bring out the M2 first and get the fabrication processes running, then bring in the M2 Pro and Max, and then later do the Ultra? Yeah, because the M the M2, the base M2, is the next step up from the M1. It's not the next step up from the M1 Pro Max or Ultra. Yeah. So uh, an M1 Ultra will be better than an M2. Yes, it's got to be. So I think we've seen, we won't see any more M1 chips. I think we've got the M1 lineup now. Mm. Um, just hold that thought a minute, though. Hold that thought, because I know where you're going with this, but I just want to say the other reasons for not thinking it's M2. Right. And we did, we did cover this again in the live show, but just, I think it makes commercial sense for them to, to base it not on the current set of cores, but on their next iteration. Okay. So M1 is based on uh, two types of cores. You've got the performance core and the efficiency core. They're called Ice Storm and Firestorm. I've got those the wrong way around, but... We yeah, know what you mean. Ice Storm is the, is the efficiency core. Yeah. And Firestorm is the hot ones. That's it. And then it's... Uh, is it Blizzard and Avalanche? Or I think that's the next one. Do you know, every time we talk about this, you ask me like <sighs> I, I remember. I You've got remember. a better memory than yeah, me. Yeah, I just... I've got it, a brain like what, a sieve. In there's fact, too much, like there's too much like to take in. And then I have to deal with Erin every day. So it's like... That probably knocks a few IQ points off every time. I feel like I lose brain cells with every single interaction. Mm. Yeah. It's like drinking hooch. <laughs> and it's great. We haven't given Erin a microphone today, so she just has to sit there and take it. It's brilliant. <laughs> don't, don't feel sorry for her, folks. Just don't feel sorry because we will get as good as we're giving. We've got as good as we're giving. Many times over. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, those cores, anyway, they're the building blocks that the chips are made from. So uh, the chip, 
the cores that the M1 is based on are also in the A14 Bionic. The next set of cores that are in the A15 Bionic, will Apple use those for the M2? I don't think so. They weren't enough of a generational leap. Yeah. So why not use the cores that they'll be building for the A16 and base the M2 on that? That, to me, makes commercial sense, you know, to do it every two years. Bear in mind that iPhones outsell Macs by a, a huge number. There's way more phones than yeah, Macs. So, so what you're saying is there's a commercial imperative to keep the upgrade path annually for those that are yeah. early adopters as opposed to... And also, you know, upgrading an entire computer architecture is a lot more than the phone, isn't it? That, that's mm. not, not where Apple are at the moment. Yeah. And, and who wants to upgrade their computer every year? That's a pain in the bum. It's, well, you're not going to do that, are you? Most people won't, not if they've mm -hmm. got any sanity. Um, so for, for all of those various reasons, I'm, I'm not convinced that we're going to see uh, an M2 based on the current processor cores. Could be completely wrong on that, but I, it just seems to me that Apple would do something with M1. And as you already said, they said there wouldn't be another M1 chip. So M1 Ultra is the last M1 chip. So back to back to you, Pete. So if M1 Ultra is the last chip, it stands to reason. We, for the reasons you just said, M2 is not, not for the next release. That's for probably next year. Hmm. Um, I suppose you could argue for something at the very end of this year, because that's two years after M1 was launched, but... For the sake of what well, we're focusing on here. They announced M1 at WWDC in 2020. No, they didn't. They announced Apple Silicon. Uh, M1 so didn't come out until November. You're right. They did. So they didn't give us the name, but they told us they were working on it. But now that the name's got, out there. Because we got the name right. You, you, you I didn't. didn't. Sorry. You said M14. It wasn't called an M14. I got the, I got the letter right. You got the letter right. It was a 1 in 26 chance. In fact, the odds were better than that. Anyway, moving on. Um, I like winding you up. Uh, so could they announce M2 at WWDC? I think it's entirely possible they might announce it and talk about what they're doing, but will we actually see it in a computer? I don't think so. Yes, it would make sense potentially for them to do that because if the M2 has new features that developers can take advantage of, they'll be wanting to let developers know about that so they can start hmm. thinking about what that looks like. Yeah, but going back to the um, Mac Pro, mm. the M2 is not going to be in the the Mac Pro. At I wouldn't least have thought not, so. Not this Mac Pro, and it's not going to be the base M2 when it eventually does come. So it's got to be an M1. Yeah, and it makes sense that it's gonna. It's probably going to have to be an M1 Ultra, really, isn't it? In the Mac Pro, I think all the Macs. I think really? Macs and Ultra. Well, consider what is it that makes Mac Pro Pro? Why do some professionals choose? Mac Pro. You tell me. Okay. Well, some will choose it because of performance. Okay. But I I argue that's not the main choice because a lot of people who bought those, bought the standard 8-core Xeon, which didn't even, you know, that was outperformed by the 27-inch iMac in some cases. Yeah. So I don't think it was about CPU performance, although for some people it would have been and they'd have spec'd it up with those, you know, 28-core Xeon or whatever. I think it was about having the ability to have a lot of RAM. Mm -hmm. It's about error checking, not just in the system RAM, but also in the GPU RAM. Okay. And certification and error checking is important to companies that 
you know, are working professionally. So in the PC world, for example, you get a certified workstation card and then you're guaranteed that the drivers won't, you know, aren't going to mess up and they're going to work with your software. Like if you get a Quadro card, the Quadro drivers, they're certified and you see what I so mean. So you've got peace of mind That's that it. Your, your productivity is not going to get interrupted by software glitches. That's it. And with error checking memory, that just protects your, if you're working on really sensitive stuff that's going to take a long time to run, you want to have error checking RAM. So that's a, a big reason for buying it. Uh, I would say the modularity and upgradability and configurability I yeah. believe I said all of those things. I'm very impressed that you mm. did. So you're talking about the fact that a lot of Mac Pro users will stick cards into to do very specialist things into yeah. their Mac Pro, like music professionals. Could be music professionals. Uh, could be, you know, like Blackmagic, do a load of capture cards and other things that you can You always have to install. bring video into it, don't you? Okay, let's stick with music. Lots of um, lots of music creatives will be having audio controller cards, DSPs, other things that they want to stick inside there their tower and they want a measure of customization over that and don't black magic do stuff for the mac pro as well <laughs> uh, yes they do as it happens they do all sorts of adding cards for video creation oh right okay yeah because yeah. that makes that makes sense that a lot of video editors would have a mac pro the other thing is as well is that you can specify the mac pro with two two gpu cards Okay. And each of the GPU cards can either be a single or they have duo cards as well. So yep. effectively, you can get four GPUs in the Mac Pro. That's beastly. Now, that's not for playing games. That's for people who are doing data visualization, uh, various scientific tasks. And uh, GPUs are also great for doing things like machine learning and uh, computational tasks that require lots of cores doing lots of sums. So, makes sense. so having that ability is what makes the Mac Pro Pro. Okay. I, it's not about having the fastest machine. And this is where, again, people get can get misled by the YouTube crowd who are, you know, this new laptop is faster than my Mac Pro for this one task, therefore it's better. And it's like, mm -hmm. you've missed the point. Uh, workstations are, is more to it than that. Uh, and do you think it's probably fair that, um, for a lot of consumers out there, a Mac Pro is just something that would never figure for them or should never figure for them because mm. it's just it's irrelevant for what, what you need a, a machine to do. Unless you really want one. Uh, yeah, because you were going to get one, weren't you? I, I was. That was actually kind of the premise of this whole thing. Yes. I d yeah, I was going to, to get one and then they, they announced Apple Silicon, so so I didn't and I ended up buying a PC. And I don't regret that at all. I, I love my workstation and I like its upgradability. I like it's very smooth. I do like I do I do respect your workstation. It's it's just great to work on and uh, it does everything I want it to do. And I'm happy using Windows or Mac. I, I use both, so it doesn't bother me. And it looks like it could be a building in a Blade Runner set. It does. <laughs> Yeah. But I'm stuck with it now because it's, uh, you know, there's no resale value on PC. So I'll just have to live with it until it dies now. But it, it, it's not going to die anytime soon because the 32 core Threadripper Pro that is in my workstation outperforms the M1 Ultra. Yes. Still, still more potent than an M1 Ultra. Than an Ultra? Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. 
And there you go. I'm pretty confident as well that um, I'd be able to upgrade the, the graphics at any time and I can take it on a whole step further as well. Okay. Because you've got complete control and I've got different hard drives in it. And it's great. Modularity is key. Right. Let's, so let's talk about how are they going to do modularity with Apple Silicon? Because you've got everything's a system on it's a system on chip so you've got your memory and your cpus and your gpus all on one package yeah so you can't do anything about that that is that is a both a pro and a big con when it comes to apple silicon isn't it because you you can't change those things one might say it's even a it's a mac pro <laughs> a mac yes and a mac con and a mac con i'm mm. sure lots of people would agree with that suppose apple has got an interconnect between the two system on chips for the M1 Ultra. So it's two M1 Macs bolted together with this clever interconnect. Suppose they also come up with an interconnect that can can put two of those things together. So you can have two M1 Ultras or two M1 Max chips inside your Mac Pro. Well, one might argue four M1 Maxes. If you go two. for the yeah if you go for the two M1 Ultras course confusing. So you're talking about some kind of duo setup. Yeah, exactly like they do with the graphics cards. So suppose you've got your, your Mac Pro and you can spec it up with, and some people will just want an M1 Max. So if you're an audio professional, that'll be plenty of power, plenty of graphics performance, plenty of memory. You spec it how you want, and then you can chuck in your, your adding cards for your, your stuff. Okay, so you're thinking about those cards still being PCI Express? Yes, but not GPUs because there's no drivers for no, them. No, but for your specialist cards? Yeah. Okay. And yeah, all right. Yeah, I see that. Uh, and that, that could definitely be done. And you could also then maybe choose. So you could link those those things together. So you could maybe start off by buying the M1 Max thing and then later get another one okay. and plug it in. And then you've got two M1 Max. So you're talking about a duo. You could even go maybe, maybe Quadro. Quadro. I know. So four. What, four separate mm. system on chips? Mm. No, I don't think so. Why not? Uh, well, now you now you put it that way. Who knows? Maybe maybe Apple could I, do it. I suppose there is a limit, potentially a limit, anyway. Which is uh, one of the genius things about the M1 Ultra is the fact that, from a development point of view, it presents as one chip, doesn't yeah. it? So let's just very quickly explain why that's so important. All right, if you recall the, the, the Mac Pro trash can, and the, what Apple thought was going to happen was that GPU computing was going to become the thing, because uh, indeed that was the way everything was going. NVIDIA were making workstation cards and other things. Yeah. So there's two GPUs inside this, this Mac Pro, but Apple failed to make it easy to develop for. So it relied on the developers to support that second GPU, which meant that outside of a few apps that were optimized for it, most of the time your Mac Pro was only ever using one of those GPUs. So you're buying this much performance, or so you think, and you're actually only getting this for the majority of the time. It's a bit like in cars. Well, <laughs> that's, no, not good. Right, that's not good. Um, from a development point of view, then, what they've done with M1 Ultra is significant because it just behaves as a single system on but, chip. So there's no specific optimizations that are needed for accessing all the graphics cores. Yeah. When it comes to the CPU cores, though, um, I don't think it actually matters that much um, because it's all down to how you, you develop your application. So your application may have multiple threads that can be worked on at the same time by the processor concurrently, So, uh, which means the same thing as at the same time. Yes, almost. <laughs> <laughs> 
And it really depends on the application and the developer how much they make use of that. And this, again, we've said this before, but just to reiterate, it's why you, you shouldn't make purchasing decisions based on Geekbench and other benchmarks because those designed to maximize the use of all the cores, but your particular favorite application of choice may only have four threads. Or make single core. Yes. Rely on single core performance, which can can make it be a game changer in what you you decide to use. Like for instance, Microsoft Excel is single core most of the time, unless you're doing very particular tasks and it's multi-threaded. But otherwise, it just uses single core performance. So it is a very nuanced. Yeah, that's a good word. Nuanced situation. But I, I chose a good word. But having all of that performance together, if Apple can make an interconnect that runs between two system on chips. That's or two packages, if you like, then you could have modular cards. So you can go out and buy. And what would be absolutely awesome is if you could mix and match those, if you could have an M1 Ultra with an M1 Max, you know, it gives you ultimate upgradability. But you would just specify the module with the appropriate number of cores and amount of memory that you need for your situation, knowing that you can get another one to slot in at a later date. Yeah. And they could even then also provide storage um Pluggable storage. Yeah, with their fast SSD. Um, but all of those things then, that would make a Mac Pro a Mac Pro. Even if it was only the same performance as the Mac Studio, it would still be Pro by virtue of those facilities. Yeah, and it's versatility mm -hmm. and it's compatibility. And configurability. Did we say that? Yeah. yeah. All of all, the abilities. All the, all the abilities must be there. Hmm. And I, I actually see that as another revenue stream for Apple. I don't know how lucrative it will be, but um, being able to produce additional cards for those things, particularly if they, they bring their um, SSD technology into cards that can you know, just hmm. upgrade it, um, that might be quite lucrative for them. Yeah, and imagine if then it, it would be perfect at the £6,000 price point and there's your starting point. Yeah, quite So you possibly. go Mac Mini, Mac Mini Pro, Mac Studio Max, Mac Studio Ultra, Mac Pro, and upwards from there. And a nice range of desktop machines. Yeah. I, it, it makes commercial sense to me. It makes It just makes logical sense whether that's what's going to happen. And if it does go that route, then I think that gives an in, us an indication that it won't look like a, a, an even more stretched Mac Studio. No, I because think it would... it's going to it's going to need some kind of case where you can get inside the thing easily without killing yourself because the Mac Studio has a live supply in it, doesn't it? Yeah, and uh, an, an exposed power supply appears to be. Yeah, um, I think it makes sense because you don't want to retool. And you've already got the case and the Pro XDR display with the same design language. Is, and they're beautiful. Yeah, really nice. Um, so, it's that time, Pete, where we... Um, we do the rumour mill. And this time, Tom, please put the jingle in. Constant Geekery, you already know the name. Turn the volume up, this is Pete and Dave. What rumours have you heard? Let us test the claim. Are they facts or are they lies? Let us play the game. Let's talk about the tech. Come and see what is up next. Now you're tuned in to the rumour mill. Tell me, is it true? Are they doing it for views? You're now tuned in to the rumour mill. Well, let's find out. Nowhere to hide now. You're now tuned in to the rumour mill. Welcome to the rumour mill. And um, we did hint in our live show that we got a little special surprise. Yeah, if you were paying attention. Mm. If you weren't in our live show, where were you? Mm. So on the wall behind Pete and I, on the other side of that wall, there is 
a water wheel. And that's because this building that we're in is an old mill. So we're going to present to you the rumour mill from the old mill. Yeah. And that's just... We, we have our own actual rumour mill. Erin's going to go and shoot some B-rolls so that we can show you what our mill water wheel looks like. It's Actually, it's a fake wheel, isn't it? Yeah. But there it, was originally there was a real one. a real one there. And there's quite a drop from the mezzanine, which I, I suspect we'll get some B-shot of. Uh, so much so that the, the, the company... Uh, have dubbed the room the the wheel room mm. the murder room oh that's nice um, because yeah there's quite a drop so if you were so inclined and there's there's quite a there's quite a dip isn't there where the the stream used to flow and there's a like a a cave i can't think of any better way to describe it a cave going under the building um which at some point we're gonna tie a rope around erin and send her down to explore oh we are gonna tie a rope around her I've only said that because she's in the room. Oh, okay. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So from now on, whenever you hear the rumour mill, you know that we are actually sitting in front of an actual mill it in is. a mill. That's pretty exciting. Mm. So how about rumours? Um, we've only got one. This yeah. Week. All the rumours have been used up because of the Apple event last week. Mm. Uh, I selected this one from 9to5Mac, though, who are suggesting that the new A16 Bionic chip, which we would expect to feature in the iPhone 14 i'm losing track of all these numbers yes yes they're saying that actually it will only be in the pro models and that the standard iphone 14 will get the a15 bionic oh my life it's so confusing yeah. um uh, and why is that well i suspect it's down to the simple fact that it's is it cheaper is it another pragmatic supply i chain? think so you've already got a15 bionic in production make the most of it um it's a good chip if that's what I'm saying, they've all been good chips. It's not like you need the performance of an A15 Bionic in your phone um, anyway. So do you need more than that? So it makes sense that the Pro models get the next generation and maybe maybe this is also an indication that they're going to focus uh, production on the M2 that would maybe be based on those cores. That was what we were discussing earlier. Yeah, that would, that would make sense. So, yeah, do we think that Apple... I mean, I, they'll take a lot of stick for doing that because they will, will make a big thing out of it. Particularly from Android fanboys. But I think in the you know, the supply chain issues, as we mentioned in the news, they're just getting hammered every which way at the moment. It's not getting any easier. Hmm. Everyone thinks, oh, after COVID, then things will get easier. Or after, you know, sadly, what's going on in Europe, it will get easier. And COVID's not gone away. The stuff that's going on in Europe's not going away anytime soon. We, you know, it's a horrible situation out there. These things are going to continue to have a, a big impact on the supply chain probably for years to come. So, because it's not just actually making the things, it's the raw materials, it's getting them to different places. So all sorts of manufacturers, it won't just be Apple, you know, Android manufacturers and others are going to have to make pragmatic decisions. So I would say this is probably a green. Yeah, I could see it happening. So um, let's say green, why not? Why not push the push the boat out? It's the only rumor we've got. Splash this week. a little green around. Well, actually, we 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 did have the rumor that we have the rumor mill, but that is a a, a nailed on green. So yeah, that definitely it's all green is. this week. Yes. So um, I hope you found that discussion interesting. It was a little bit sort of off the cuff and just thoughts off the top of our head, really. And I'm going to try and formulate that into something sensible to present in a video tomorrow. Good luck. Mm, thanks for that. Um, who knows if we're right 
uh, you know, by all means, sir, what do you think? Let us know in the comments section. And again, if you're listening on your favorite audio platform of choice, that's great. But uh, don't forget to stop by the YouTube channel and leave your thoughts in the comments section. Good to hear you. Absolutely. Um, if you're not subscribed to the main channel, and I'm sure everyone is, then that's uh, youtube.com slash constantgeekery. Uh, over 30,000 subscribers now. And we are, now that we're comfortable in our new studio, we are stepping up production again. Uh, we've got a long queue of products to review and also just general informations to bring to you about Mac and Android as well. It's going to be so exciting. Is it though? You, I think it is. Are you excited? I think it is. Mm. That's the level of excitement that I can show at the moment. But mm. yeah, I think it will be. And it's a lovely new studio. We're very happy with it. I love, yeah. love all these panels. Yeah. Especially, especially that one. That's my favourite. Nice. Let, us, let us know what you think of our new studio as well, please. And Erin, um, how excited are you? Could, you? could you give us a visual representation of your excitement for the, for the viewers? That's pretty excited. So um, on that note... <laughs> I think we'll say goodbye, shall we? I think we, I think we probably ought to. Thanks for watching and um, cheerio. Cheerio.